You're listening to Cleveland First Baptist Church's weekly sermon audio from lead pastor Rick Dill. For more information, please visit clevelandfirstbaptistchurch.com. And um, what a great theme for the day that we start back joint worship. And let me just say, parents, I see Stephanie going out. That is perfectly okay. Don't even worry about that. Starting also next Sunday, of course, we'll begin this week having Sunday school after church. So right after we finish, you can go to your class. But um, starting next week, we also will have children's church again. And uh, the children will leave after the music part of the service. But we thought today we would uh, just stay together. Mainly, that's because I forgot to organize that. But that's okay. All right. Um, What a great theme, together. Uh, You know, American society has really always stressed the strengths and rights and privileges of the individual, often to the exclusion of the community. We are, in many ways, a nation of lone rangers, and there are many good things about that. Individual initiative is important, of course, and even on a spiritual level, God sees each individual and desires a relationship with that person, but still, we need each other, and we are stronger together than we are individually. The youth have enjoyed Disciple Now this week, and their theme was together. There could hardly be a more biblical theme or concept uh, than that of the unity of individuals that make up a whole, uh, biblically speaking. Crosswalk, the youth group here at Cleveland First, is made up of individual youth, each of you, who have many individual gifts. Each individual can do amazing things, but together you can do more than you could ever possibly do as an individual. Crosswalk and the church itself at large is an organism made up of many parts that God has joined to become one. And together we are the church, the body of Christ. So this week I did a little detective work on the word together. You have no idea where this comes from because I didn't either. I was really quite surprised. It is an old English term originally, not together, but this word. I don't know how you say that because I don't speak old English, but uh, it was a verb and it had two meanings. It meant to complete or to gather. Around 1300, a word appears, begins to appear in the English language that joins these two meanings and it's our word together. The sense of it is this, to be completed when we are gathered together, to be completed. So that's really a wonderful picture. We are completed through each other. Being together makes us more than we are when we're apart. Of course, the Bible consistently thinks that way. God called individuals, but he called them in the Old Testament to become what? A nation. They completed each other as God's people together. And his purpose was worked out through the group of people all together. In the New Testament, nothing changes. He calls individuals certainly, but they are called to believe in him and to become his children, which makes them a part of what? His family together. In fact, the word itself in Greek for church, ecclesia, means the assembly of believers, those individuals who are together. 
So in other words, we are not the church's individuals. We become the church when we are all together. It is that union between us as a result of the Holy Spirit living in us that makes us God's church. One of the strongest emphases in the New Testament is the unity of very diverse groups of people in the church. Paul even says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. So in Christ, there is this fundamental change that takes place when we're filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, the, The diverse groups of people within the church, that which separates them, falls away. Race is no longer important, not Jew or Gentile. Economic standing, slave or free, that makes no difference when we're filled with the Spirit of God. Even gender, male or female, God uses and loves and fills both. In Christ, we are joined together to become one body. And that is one thing I know that you guys studied this weekend. All of the epistles emphasize the fact, but Paul's letter to the Ephesians It tells us three things, at least, about this whole together thing. First of all, we are spiritually joined together as Christians. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 2.22, And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So the church is not something that a Christian chooses to be a part of or not. Paul says that because the Spirit of God lives in you as believers, then he builds you together. God builds us together, and together he lives in us. We often say, well, the Spirit of God lives in every individual believer. We, and that is, of course, not incorrect, but it would be much more biblical to say the Spirit of God lives in us as followers of Christ. Together, The indwelling of the Spirit always means being united with other believers. So let me just say a word to crosswalk. Within the church, God puts groups of people together to accomplish his purpose, whatever that might be. And you are together one of those groups that he is called to serve. This is not something that Wesley does. It's not something the youth workers do. It is something that God himself does. You have a calling, not as individuals, but as a group together. You are called to reach out to other youth for Christ. And until you answer that calling and become one as God desires you to be, that purpose goes unaccomplished. Secondly, we are intellectually joined together. You know, knowing Christ and being together in Christ is not just a spiritual thing. It's also a a head thing. It has to do with your mind. Paul said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. When the Spirit makes us one, when he brings us together as the church, Paul says something intellectually happens. Something happens with our heads. We become like-minded because we, each of us, all of us, have the mind of Christ. That means the way Jesus thinks is the way we begin to think. In Ephesians 3, Paul describes that a little, and he says this. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news are 
equally, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So this is the mind thing. Together, you understand something that you will never understand individually. And that is the magnitude of Jesus' love for you. You cannot know it as one. You must know it together. One of my most vivid memories was standing with a group of people who were about to be baptized. And one of them was a 45-year-old man who had been a hardened atheist for many, many years. And we stood kind of looking through the door, the window in this door, before we went in as a group. And the church was just packed with people, many of them people who had been praying for this man for many, many years. And Helmut, as we looked, he was standing next to me. He began to tear up. And he said, I've never known anything like this. I've never known anything like the church. What he was referring to was that the way that the church had, had loved him and the way he had grown to love the body of Christ. He could not know that alone. He knew that through that together of the church. Crosswalk, you cannot know the real love of Christ until you allow him to make you one with each other. And there is nothing else like that. And we are also spiritually together, we're intellectually together, but we're also practically together. Uh, you know, the whole together thing, it's not just spiritual or mental, it's also very practical, and the scripture is practical when it talks about it. Paul says in Ephesians 4, he makes the whole body fit perfectly, together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So Paul loved to describe the church as a body made up of many parts. And we find that over and over. And just as each member of your physical body has a different thing that it does, and each is important, so in the church and in Crosswalk, each of you has a responsibility. You have what Paul called a special work. Now, he's really just being practical. You have something to give. And, and when you don't fulfill your special work, the body suffers and you receive nothing yourself. Remember, following Christ is all about together. So how does that look, fitting together perfectly to make the whole body? Well, it probably means a lot more, but at least it means these three things. Together means, first of all, presence. Um, it saddens Christ, I think, that for many people who call themselves followers, the body of Christ is so far down on the list of priorities that even just coming is too much to ask. How many people do you know who would say, oh, Jesus is Lord, but they don't even come 
to the body of Christ when the body meets. You can't do any special work if you are not present. It just can't be done. You, the body that God has made you a spiritual and mental and practical part of in this church, it should be a priority. It can't be something that you do when you just have nothing else to fill the time. You can't be a part of the body if you aren't there. Because together, it just means together. It can't mean apart. And together means us over me. One of the things that happens when the Spirit of God truly lives in us is that we experience a value switch. Without Christ, what matters to me is me. It's all about what I want, what I do, what I can, what I, what I, what I, what I. You've probably heard someone say, well, no wonder the middle letter of the word sin is I, because sin, that is life without Christ, always puts me in the center of everything. S-I-N. It occurred to me this week that the name of Jesus not, does not even contain the letter I, but it does contain the word us. Jesus. us <laughs> If you have been born again, he has made you a part of an us, the body of Christ. And us becomes more important than I. And finally, together means giving. We live in a radical age of consumerism. It is incredibly extreme. And often the gospel and the church is marketed by displaying what the church and what God has to offer you. And you know, he does give you a lot, doesn't he? He gives you eternal life. He gives you an inheritance that's never going to fade. He gives you hope and joy and peace. And he gives your life purpose. Without him, there's not real purpose. But he also gives you responsibility. You see, Jesus didn't call people just to get saved. Jesus was not a fire insurance salesman. Jesus called people instead to follow him, to become his disciples. And being a disciple is less about what you get than it is about what you give. A true believer lives to serve. He lives to give. I had a brief but wonderful conversation this week with someone who came to me and said, you know, I want a place to serve. I think I could do this or that. But I want to give something. Wow. That's really what together is. Listen, please. If you are not giving something, if there is no special work, I'm not talking about finances, But if there is no special work that you are now a part of in this church or the church that you are a part of, the group crosswalk, then you are hurting the church and you are hurting your group. 
Because all of us as Christians are called to a special work. The scripture says it. And that's really what together means. Let me sum it up like this. Together is God's plan for you. If you are saved, if you know Christ, then you have been born into a family, a group of people. You've been changed by God and called to serve together. You know, that's not my plan. I didn't think it up. And it wasn't Wesley's plan. He didn't think it up either. It is God's plan. And it is the only plan. If you follow Christ, you cannot do it alone. You can only do it together. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the church and what it means to us. We thank you, Lord, for together, that we don't have to somehow muddle through this life alone doing the best we can, but, but we have a group of people who follow you of which we can be a part. And I pray that you would help us to be responsible in, in following you, Lord, but following you like you've called us to do that, not like we want to do it. Lord, I pray you would help each person in this room who knows you to find what it means to give, to give their life in service to you as they serve each other. Lord, I pray you would bless Crosswalk. And I pray you would bless their leaders. Lord, I pray that you bless those individual youth as they become one. Lord, let that happen. And Father, bless this church through them. Lord, we thank you for them and pray that you would just uh, be with them and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.